Today is a good day. And um, I shouldn't say this, but you know, when they swear in a new head of state in the 29th of May, the, there will be no more coups in this country. Now, I say so because um, some of the people who will run the army will be pastors of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Amen. Give the Lord a big round of applause. Amen. Amen. We have one of them in our midst today. He's um, an ordained pastor of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. He's a major. He has been in the war front in Liberia. He might go to Sierra Leone. He might remain in Nigeria. We don't know yet. But I want him to just come and spend five minutes and tell you about uh, because we do, he has he set up, indeed he set up all the churches that they have in Liberia. And um, let's give the Lord a big round of applause. As I ask Major Pat Akem to just speak to us for the next five minutes. Give the Lord a big round of applause. I bring you greetings from the brethren in Liberia. Uh, Freedom House of the Redeemed Christian Church of God started in Liberia on the 11th of August, 1996. Uh, it was uh, the, the, the spirit leading Pastor Tony and uh, Pastor Tony Rapoden and, uh, and Pastor Esco, who, realizing that I was going to Liberia on a mission, on a military mission, said, okay, I should combine it with a, a, a Christian mission. And uh, every parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God that has been set up in Liberia, we have five parishes now, Every parish that has been set up, has had an input from what began as Freedom House. So uh, every parish has workers from Freedom House, and every parish has had one resource or the other from Freedom House. We praise the name of the living God. Liberia is not, the, the kind of revival we're witnessing in Nigeria is not, it's not uh, being witnessed in Liberia yet, but we're believing God that it will sooner or later. Liberia is a land where gays of 15 years have kids. In fact, it is almost unfashionable for you not to have a child. If you are grown up, if you're a teenager and you don't have a child, it's like you don't belong. Everybody, almost everybody has a child. Uh, it's like we're introducing the Lord Jesus afresh to them in Liberia. Uh, it's a land where even the Pentecostal churches, where you have their pastors sleeping with gays in the congregation. Uh, I'm not castigating anybody, that's a fact. And, and they, they are skeptical about missions from Nigeria. Uh, they tell their people, don't go to the Nigerian church, they are dealing. When they see a manifestation of the power of God, they, they ascribe it to the devils. They say, we are using our extra power. Uh, but we are believing that sooner or later their eyes will be opened. So what we need mostly from you here is, we need, we need your prayers. It's a land where even the seat of government is deeply rooted in the occult, where the Freemasons reign freely. So it's a land that needs prayers. It's a land of violence, it's a land of immorality, but we're believing that the Lord Jesus, with his glorious gospel, will penetrate and, and make a deep impact upon the lives of the people. So we need your prayers. Of course, we need resources too. Liberia is a land where we take uh, offering and then we end up sharing it out to the people again because they don't have money. 
You can see it. It's not, it's, 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 there, there's no pretense. What we do is God helping us, we put our money into the work. So we, we expect that if you cannot go as the Lord Jesus has commanded, you can aid someone to go. You can aid us. We're, 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 we're there. We're, we're going through travels. We, we suffer. We go through, through a lot of things. Uh, in, my, in my residence in Ekomog, in the base, at one time we, I had 15 people living with me. I had people sleeping on the same bed with me. They are missionaries. And um, I, you really, really, really cannot be in a position to be, to be promoted spiritually until you, you really go to the mission field. It, it might come, but it will take some time. You see, I, I left as a brother. Now I'm an assistant pastor. I, I praise the name of the living God. Promotion, promotion comes from the Lord, and it comes to those who are really, really striving. There are some people who are working below their potentials, and some of them may be in the city of David. I, I pray that uh, God will, will help us and promote us. Praise the name of the living God. Uh, we need missionaries. Please be prepared to come, and please, your donations are required. Thank you, sir. Liberia, let me see your hands. Uh, nobody. <laughs> Uh, how many are ready to go and set up churches in Switzerland? Everybody. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants to go to Haiti, to Liberia, to Papua New Guinea. All of us want to go to London, New York. In fact, America is so lucky. Every Nigerian church just is setting up churches in America like no man's business. Um, <laughs> but that is not what... Uh, the whole thing is about. But the thing is, God will help everybody. And um, Major Pat Akem, they are more like him in the army, in the police. In fact, uh, in the Navy too. And um, in fact, I think next time there's an opportunity, I'll bring the, the gentleman from the Navy here. He's a really senior person in the Navy. So that's why um, I can say confidently that we come to a place where there will be no more coups because the people who will rule in the armed forces will be the, the children of God himself. Today, we will, we will um, before we close, of course, take a um, a special offering for Liberia because it is to the credit of Major Pata Kem that uh, he has actually spent his own money setting up the church. It's the Ekumog money that they gave him that he used completely to set up the church. He wasn't, um, it was after he had done the work and the work started growing that he now came back and said, ah, I need some help. And I usually tell him, help yourself. But today we will um, take a special offering for, for the people in Liberia. And um, if it does go to Sierra Leone, then we will have churches in Sierra Leone also. But um, like he said, we need more people like himself in the mission field. I know nobody wants to go to Liberia. Only God can tell you to go there. I'm even looking for people to go to Haiti. You know, the people in Haiti have been there for about two years now. Time has come when some nice gentlemen in the city of David We'll go and knock off two years in Haiti. Nobody wants to go. But you know, it's better to go willingly than uh, to be coerced into going. And God can really put you into that place on his own. 
Today we want to talk about destined to win. Destined to win. Each person that is here today. In fact, before we, we continue doing that, I want us all to spend some time and um, pray. I want us to, to pray two prayers. One for this nation and one for ourselves. Let's just turn our Bibles quickly to Isaiah 62. It's good that we pray about things that are happening in this nation. Isaiah 62. We will read together verses 8 and 9. Then you flip over to Isaiah chapter 8. And I'll tell you what we're going to pray about. Are we all there? Isaiah 62 verses 8 and 9. This is the word of the Lord. One, two, go. The Lord hath sworn by his right hand. And by the arm of his strength, surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies. And the sons of the stranger shall not drink thy wine, for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered it shall eat it, and praise the Lord. And they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. So God here says that the days of the enemies of this nation eating of the wealth of this nation that those days are over and indeed they are over now turn to Isaiah chapter 8 Isaiah chapter 8 let us read verses 9 and 10 together verses 9 and 10 Are we all there? One, two, go. Associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Give ear, all ye of far countries. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, and it shall come to nothing. Speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. So we want to, let's rise to our feet this morning. We'll spend a few minutes praying. Because what is it that we have going on in this nation today? We have people coming together as associations. People coming together as political associations. We are going to ask God that wherever political associations come together and the enemies of this nation are there, that he should break them in pieces. Amen. That wherever political associations come together and the enemies of God of this nation and of course of the enemies of God are there, that he should ensure that their counsel will come to nothing. That wherever the enemies of this nation come together, in whatever associations, that whatever words they speak concerning this nation shall not stand. And the reason will be that because God is with us, one, two, because God has sworn by his right arm that the enemies of this nation shall no longer partake of the wealth of this nation. So let's lift up our voices today and just tell the Lord that as they associate themselves together, Lord, for that when the enemies of this country, when they come together, Almighty God, in whatever associations they come together, Lord, Father, break them in pieces. Oh Lord, wherever the enemies of this nation come together, Lord, in whatever associations they come together in, Lord, Lord, break them in pieces. Oh yes, Lord, we speak to them today. We say, associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Guard yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. 
Gird yourselves, all ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Lord, when the enemies of this nation come together, whatever counsel they speak over this nation, Lord, Lord, let their counsel come to nothing. Lord, we speak today, Lord, that whatever words are spoken over this nation, Lord, by the enemies of this nation, Lord, we say their words shall not stand because you, God Almighty, are with us. Their words shall not stand because you are with us. Break them in pieces, Almighty God. Wherever the enemies of this nation come together, in whatever situations they come together in, oh Lord, break them in pieces. Oh yes, Lord, today we ask that when the enemies of this nation come together, in whatever situations they come together in, Lord, Lord, break them in pieces. Oh yes, break them in pieces. We speak to them today and say, associate yourselves, oh ye people. Ye shall be broken in pieces. Oh, associate yourselves, oh ye people. Oh ye enemies of this nation. And ye shall be broken in pieces. Yes, Lord, we ask today that when the enemies of this nation come together, in whatever associations they come in, Lord, break them in pieces. Break them in pieces. Break them in pieces, Almighty God. Lord, when they take counsel together, let their counsel come to nothing. When they speak the word over this nation, let it not stand. Because you, Lord God Almighty, are with us. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we bless you. We stand, Almighty God, as the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, even so in this nation. Father in heaven, you see all that is going on now. Indeed, you have always known that the things that are going on now will go on now. We thank you for that which you have done in this nation. We thank you for that which you continue to do in this nation. Lord, you have sworn that you shall no longer give the meat of this nation to the enemies of this nation. Father, you have sworn that you shall no longer give the resources of this nation to the agents of darkness. Father in heaven, even as the enemies of this nation come together, in whatever associations they come together, we say, Lord, break them in pieces. For your word says that they should associate themselves together and that you will break them in pieces. But that whatever counsel the enemies of this nation take together, let it come to nothing, Lord. It shall not stand. When they speak the word about this nation, Lord, it shall not stand. Because you, the God of all flesh, you, the maker of heaven and earth, you who speak, it is done. You who command, it stands fast. You, the maker of all things, Lord, the earth is yours, even so and the fullness. How much more, therefore, this nation, Father, because of you, Lord, because you are with us, when they speak the word, it shall not stand. When they take counsel together, it shall come to nothing. As they associate themselves together, Lord, you, Almighty, break them in pieces. Let the counsel of the hidden over this nation come to nothing, Lord. Let your counsel stand. That which you have purposed for this nation, let it come to pass. Oh, mighty God, it is written, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And therefore, we say, Lord, that this nation is blessed. Because we declare that you are our God, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The next thing I want us to do is, let's each one of us just ask the Lord today, before we spend time in his word, that he should increase our faith. That he should remove from us unbelief. 
that God should ensure that our hearts today will be good soil. That his word, our seed, will find place in our hearts. That the enemy will not send birds to lift up the words that we shall hear today. And that he shall grant us the ability to bring forth fruit 60-fold, 100-fold, and 30-fold. Let's just pray for ourselves today. Father, we come before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy. We say, Lord, help thou our unbelief. Lord, today we ask that you'll increase our faith, increase our faith, increase our faith, almighty God. Oh, Father, make us partakers of that which you are doing today, Lord. Help us, oh Lord, that our heart today will be good soil. Lord, we ask today that there will be faith, there will be belief in our hearts, even as your word goes forth, almighty God. Father, we ask today that your word will bring forth fruit in our lives. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Oh Lord, we ask today that even as your word of encouragement comes forth, that the enemy shall not steal our joy. That the enemy shall not steal the word that we shall hear today. That the word we shall hear today, Lord, oh, shall come to pass in our lives, almighty God. That we shall be partakers of that which we shall hear today. Glory and honor be unto thee, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Today I want to speak about a subject I've called Destined to Win. Each person here today is a very special person. I've been saying so particularly because you're a child of God. We are all destined to win. You see, because once you are a Christian, let's just even talk about being a Christian. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the whole wide world. So you're not really somebody that is meant to stand and be tossed around and be pushed about. But what I'm talking about today, in fact, is that I'm talking about the specific situation that we find ourselves in. We live, as we have said, I mean, um, I just would believe that all of us have heard this before, that we live in that place of double portion breakthrough, double portion blessings. Because God, in his mercy and wisdom, decided that all things should start afresh for this nation in the month of June just halfway through the year. And so if the month of June is our January, then you must understand, therefore, that God will do twice as much as he has always intended to do. We live in a time when this nation will soon be 40. And you just can't find a better time to live in. You just can't. Now this is, in fact, the advantage of being just the right age. This is not the time to be 100 years old. This is a good time to be around in this nation. Because there's no matter how you look at it, if you spend time studying the whole Bible in and out from the beginning to the end, when 40 strikes, something happens. God opens a new lease of life. He opens a new door. He starts a new work. He does something he has never done before. I mean, we all should know this because we say that the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. But at the end of the 40th year, as they entered into the 40th year, what happened? They stopped eating manna. They moved to the edge of the promised land. And they entered into Jericho. And the walls of Jericho came down. When God got tired of the wickedness on the earth, he caused rain to come upon the earth for 40 days and for 40 nights. In which time he destroyed every living thing. And we know he started afresh because in Genesis chapter 9, he gives Noah the same instruction that he had previously given to Adam. 
He says to Noah, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, have dominion over the earth. That was the instruction in Genesis 1.28, which God gave to Adam after he had made Adam. And he said to Adam, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, have dominion over all the earth. When Moses had spent 40 years in the palace of Pharaoh, God took him out of Pharaoh's palace because he had a work for him to do. Moses entered into a new phase in his life. He spent another 40 years in God's university. Thereafter, God sent him to go straight into Egypt and bring out his children. David ruled Israel for 40 years. 40 is such a significant number in the Bible. And you never find things just happening out of turn. So that being 40, oh, it's, it's something really, really special. And I just want us all to understand that you do not live at this point in time because your parents gave birth to you uh, at the right time. God ordained all that we see here today. He has been the architect of everything. And the problem this nation has today is that we really have a problem, a major problem. There's a problem of a vacuum. Many people, Christians, they will say, yes, the right hand of God is stretched over this nation. When we say, cut off their heads, they will pray. If they cut off the head of everybody, then your job is not to remain inside the church and be praying. If they cut off the head and everybody dies in this nation, in government, you know that there will be confusion if there's nobody to rule. What will happen? Maybe you just find illiterate Babala wolves will take over. The time has come for people to just really begin to believe in their hearts and then begin to do that which they believe. We must keep encouraging people. Whether we like it or not, as many as will hear the word of God must enter in into what God is doing. And I want to just preach a message of encouragement from Genesis chapter 37. Just to show us that God is at work and he is looking for people. He is looking for people. Today the word of God rings out. Whom shall we send? And who will go for us? Not into the mission field of Liberia today, but into the mission field of government in this nation, into the mission field of business in this nation. God is saying, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And you can't lose. That's the interesting thing about all of this. You can't lose. You can't. And um, sometimes this whole thing sounds like maybe Pastor is speaking to, uh, you know, there are big men in church, to big men. But if we go by the Bible, Uzziah started ruling at the age of 16. David was anointed about the age of 18. And I believe there are many of us here. In fact, I don't think the, the teenagers would have left, so I doubt. Do we have any 16-year-olds in our midst? Any 16-year-olds? Let me just see your hand. 16, 16, 16. Uh, oh, God bless you. God bless you. It's time for you to begin to rule. It's time for you to begin to rule. That is what God does. He puts a man on the throne at the age of 16. And you see, the difference is not who you are. It's God with you. That makes all the difference. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Once that is upon you, you'll do everything right. Nobody shall be able to touch you. He says he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And he puts a condition. He says, for God was with him. When God is with you. Because you see, the problem is um, with all the wisdom of the world we push 
16-year-olds, 18-year-olds into the background because it's not yet time. They don't understand enough. Yet the devil, continuously in the developed world, is seeking to raise, to pull down the age of consent for homosexual boys from 18 to 14. He's seeking to raise, um, to pull down the age of consent for girls to 14. But he says they cannot rule at the age of 16. It's just all madness. When God is in control, you will do the right things. And the Bible is filled with young people who rule nations for God. So let's not think that this is just for, you see, because it's easier for the young person to dream dreams than for the people who are set in their ways already. Many of us are too comfortable and therefore will not really experience some of the things that God wants to do. But like I say, it doesn't really matter where you are, who you are. Just understand that all that you have, as far as God is concerned, is totally, completely insignificant in the context of what God wants to do. Let's look at Genesis chapter 37. I will read and look at the life of Joseph today from verses 2 to 11. From verses 3 to 11. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we are binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams, for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. Joseph had a dream. God is looking for people who will dream dreams today. You, you can't really understand what is going on. But try today to understand what is going on. Joseph had a real interesting dream. And that dream was such a big dream. And the Bible tells us that his father observed what he had said, even though he rebuked him openly, but his brethren hated him. Today in this nation, God is looking for Christians who can dream dreams, big dreams. God is looking for Christians who can dream dreams to become ministers in this nation, to become governors, to become senators, to be successful professionals, heads of multinationals, people who will run multinational concerns of their own. Today, you see, and the thing about God is this is not going to be on like this forever. That's why I say people who are here are lucky. You are just lucky to be around now. You are around at a time when there's like a blank check before you. And God is saying, please, lift up your hand. Use your biro. Use your pen. Write any amount you want on it. Just write any amount you want on it. And, you know, some of us, we look and we write... Some people will write a hundred thousand naira. 
Some will be very brave and happy with themselves. They'll write, ah, a million naira. And he asked them, if you got a million naira, will, will all your problems be over? And foolishly and stupidly, they'll say, ah, forever and ever. But it's not so. God is looking for people who can dream dreams. Because God himself has said, in Isaiah 62, we looked at it the other day, that this, verses 1 to 4, that this nation that was once called forsaken, desolate, is now going to be called Hephizba, the delight of the Lord. That the land is going to be called Buella land. This is the word of the Lord. These things are not going to happen if God doesn't find people. If he doesn't find people, God is forever looking for people. He says, whom shall we send? Oh, who will go for us? I have a work to do. Where are the people? Where are the people who will work with us? Where are the people who will work with me? Isaiah 62, verse 9 says that the wealth of this nation will no longer be given to the enemies of this nation. That the people who will enjoy the wealth, anyone who must enjoy the wealth of this nation must enjoy it in the courts of the holiness of God. People just must be willing to dream dreams. Let us turn to Isaiah 45 and let us read together. Isaiah 45, verses 1 to 3. Isaiah 45, verses 1 to 3. Very, very quickly, because I really want us to pray today and time not exactly on our side. One, two, go. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden nations before him. And I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two lived gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. God wants you to know that he has called you by name, that he is the God of Israel. The problem is there is siege mentality in this nation. There are people who have gone through so much trauma, which is really dangerous. Today you need to have some kind of reversal in your mind that you just cannot go beyond the limits of all that you have ever experienced. People have become myopic. People have become lethargic and inactive. But Joseph dreamed big dreams. And God is looking for people who are willing to dream today. He's looking for people. You, you can't, it doesn't matter what you are doing today. You cannot, in your wildest imagination, understand what God can do with you. It's not possible. Because when you look at the fact that even before anything starts, the Bible says that he that is in you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, it says one person has a power that is greater than the enemy of the whole world. But, okay, I can say amen if you want, but what I'm trying to say is, please try and understand today that there is something that is there. And the time has just come for you to begin to just, if you want to dream dreams, please feel free to do so. And once you dream those dreams, just step out in faith and see what God can do. But there's a problem. Many people are held bound by siege mentality. They think the siege is still on, even though the general Vasya announced well over a year ago that the siege was over. But you see, the brothers of Joseph, they were dream killers. And dream killers in this nation, they are bound. Where are they? They are in churches. They are in churches. They just do not understand or believe that which God 
is about to do. Joseph's brother said to him, what kind of stupid dream is this? They just hated him instantly. They never said, oh, how is it that your sheaf will stand and ours will bow? Nobody said, mm, I like the idea, but how can I make my own sheaf stand also so that others will bow? No, they just wanted the status quo. Kill this man and his dreams, and the dreams will die, the man will die. Micah 7, 6, a man's enemies are the men of his own house. And this is the word of God. Joseph's story so, shows it so clearly. We must just, this dreaming of dreams, it's not a dreaming of dreams that we must deal with and tell every human being, have your dream in you and just sit with God. God will lead you. God will direct you. It is time to dream dreams. It is time to stick out our hearts. It is time to just know that God is on our side. It is not time to carry stories around of dreams that you had. It is time to dream today. And the interesting thing is that no matter what happens, once you begin to dream dreams, you will find opposition. You will find obstacles. Oh, yes. But the thing is God has ordained in his wisdom that the moment you begin to dream and you see opposition, just begin to praise God. Just begin to praise God. Because the Bible tells us that the oppositions, the obstacles, they only propel you to your dream. But if you dream dreams and the whole world comes beside you and says, ah, you are a man, let us go, let us go, please flee for your life. Something is wrong there. The Lord doesn't work that way. We have said several times, for those of us who do not know how to hear from God, I say this all the time. It is so simple, but it should not become a habit. Find three, four, five really badly worldly Christians. Tell them what you have thought about. They will point you in the same direction. When they point you in that direction, go in the opposite direction. You will find God. God is never in the place where carnal worldly Christians are in. Or if you want to be really sure, leave the Christians alone and go to the world. Ask the world, this is what I want to do. The world will tell you, this is how to do it. Do this, buy this, start this, get this board, put this um, key man there, join this. You see, you cannot do it alone. Once they have given you the piece of advice, go in the opposite direction. That is where God's advice would be. Always, that is how it is. And God says, behold, I change not. Let us go back to Genesis chapter 37 and see what happens the moment Joseph had put forth his dreams to his brethren, to the people of his own household, to the people that he knew so well, to the people that he trusted and said, I can do business with these people. Oh, I've always known this guy. Yes, yes, yes. Each time I do something, is a guy that I think can help. Problems. They decided to deal with the dream of Joseph and with Joseph himself. From verses 23 to 28, the Bible tells us, And it came to pass when Joseph came unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead, and with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother? and conceal his blood. 
Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our own flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. They brought Joseph into Egypt, and they brought him to the place where he would reign. The obstacles, those who were against Joseph, those who wanted the dream destroyed, what did they do? Unknown to them, God was with Joseph. God was looking for a man that will rule in Egypt. So they sold Joseph into slavery, at least so they thought. And they put Joseph immediately in the center of God's purpose for his life. So that when you dream dreams that come from God, dream killers will arise. Opposition will come. But they will only propel you to that which God has ordained. That's all that will happen. Isaiah 14 verse 24, the Lord says, the Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. He says, I have stretched forth my hand. Who can turn it back? He says, I have spoken. Who can, who can disannul it? When God is in control, it's impossible. Absolutely impossible for a human being to cause confusion. If he tries, he will die. Pure and simple. There's, there are no two ways about it. Brothers and sisters, even as we stand here today, the time has come for us to begin to press in into the purpose of God for our lives. Because God is a God of timing. This is not going to last forever. There is a time for everything. The Bible says under the sun. There's a time. There's a time to arise and dream dreams. There's a time to enter forcefully into the dreams. There's a time to do those things. And when that time passes, then you have a problem. When God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, he was taking them to the promised land. Oh, that was the plan of God. But something happened. The people had siege mentality. They had been in Egypt for too long. They had suffered too many grievous things. And the Bible tells us that whilst they were free outwardly, they were still in chains in their minds. And so when they got to the edge of the promised land, that was when they complained the most. That it were better for us to be in Egypt. At least we'll get something to eat. Why do we have to go and fight to enter into the promised land? But you see, because God's purposes, no one of us here can turn around his purposes. He says, well, no problem. I have already said that the children of Israel will inherit these lands. Okay, those of you who say you won't go, die in the wilderness. When you are dead, your children will go. And that was exactly what happened. That's why they roamed around for 40 years. And after 40 years, a new generation was born. And God took them into the land. But even that generation, God said to them, deal with the inhabitants of the land. Kill everybody. Why? Because George had, God had weighed them and found that their cup was full. But the children of Israel did something very spectacular. After they had fought a few battles and they had conquered sizable land. Ah, they said to God, this is enough. As Pastor Debo will say, some people will say, this is too much. They say, God, this is too much. We are, we are okay. Ah, <laughs> what is this life? You're supposed to be fighting, fighting, fighting. Ah, 
Look at all the land we have. We are okay. And as it said in the case of the widow that spoke to Elisha, the oil stayed. God said it's okay. If you say it's okay, it's okay. I will not force you. Because he's a gentleman, you see. That's why Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. He says, If any man hear and opens the door, I will come. Many hear, but they don't open the door. Nothing happens. Jesus doesn't enter by force. He doesn't say, if any man here, I will open the door. He says, if any man here and opens the door, then I will come in. Many people here, they never open the door. They never do. Ah, nothing happens. The knock just continues. And if they never open the door, nah, God's job is to, is to knock and knock he will. And you see, for each person that is here today, it will be sad, and it is indeed sad. We know and we know and we know that God has done something in this nation. And then let's just talk about a few of the things that have been said about us. One, we've said that God has said that the Christians will laugh last in Nigeria. Those who have been Christians for long enough know that. And the time to come has come to laugh. In fact, last Friday in camp, the general officer said we should laugh. And when people said, people shouted, they thought they were laughing. You know, because it's not easy to laugh. If there's nothing to laugh about, you will not laugh. But that's the sense of humor of God. He can ask you to laugh when there's nothing to laugh about. And you better learn how to laugh when there's nothing to laugh about. He says that Christians will laugh last. Ah, do I have to begin to explain all of that? I don't think so. Everybody here should know what that means. We've said that God has stretched forth his right arm over this nation and has done two great neat miracles already that everybody knows about. What more do you want? Even if Jesus appeared, you know, many will not believe. They'll say, ah, that one is Jesu Yingbo. They'll call him names. They will. Why? We don't find it inside us to just believe God. And if you don't believe him now, that will really be a pity. I know, certainly, as surely as night follows day, I know what I'm talking about. We've said that a new era has started in this nation in June. Where are we now? We're in August. To all intents and purposes, many people still live in the month of May. It's as if nothing has happened. Well, to those of you who haven't traveled yet, I told you, I said when we came back, if you see what they are doing at Mutala Mehmet Airport. Now, if you are a foolish Nigerian, you laugh and say, ah, well, how long will this last? But if you are a Christian, hmm, you say this God is very, God is just moving quietly. Because that's how God operates. He doesn't have to go around shouting, I am God. You know, if every month somebody died in this country, then God is no longer knocking. He's using a sledgehammer. Because by force, we know that the God is in charge. God doesn't force anybody. He will just create little diversions, do other things, and he's hoping that people who are in church, people who spend time with him, will see that he's at work. The airport has changed, really changed. But that's not the change that is important. It's that only God, knowing the way things are, only God. And God is using those little, little signs to just tell you that I'm in control. I am in control. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So that the, the brothers of Joseph sold him 
and said goodbye. Goodbye to dreams. What were they doing? They put him in the very center of his destiny. Let's look at Genesis 39. I'll read quickly, 1 to 6. Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass, from the time that he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Joseph was sold into slavery. Where does he end up? He ends up to be the master of the house of one of the captains of the um, guards of Pharaoh. And the Bible says that everything that Joseph did, God just blessed. Because God was with Joseph. It was God who brought Joseph to Egypt. The foolish brothers thought they were the ones who brought him there. So that when you go out now, oh, please don't just think that because I've said, ah, <laughs> there's a blank check. Yeah, there is a blank check. Oh, yes, there is. But I'm assuring you, as you lift up your pen to write, if you're not careful, you will, an axe will almost chop off that hand. So you just remove your hand quickly. And then you will probably turn around and say, ah, what's going on here? Shebi, they said, yes, that's how God works. Oh, this is a time that will look sometimes like the worst times you've ever experienced. Because even the people that you thought would help you, many of them will just want to really push you down now. That is the way it will be. If God doesn't put you through little tests like that, how will you know that God is the one at work? And it applies into everything we do. Oh, it applies to everything we do. The time has come to just know that God is the one there. So when you meet with one failure, what should you do? Ah, just kneel and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I know that you are the one in control. Then you meet with number two. You say, ah, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed. But I taught you this when we did the Song of Victory. Why? Because all that is happening is leading you. you see, God cannot open a door. The whole world will see it and you are walking through the path. What will happen when the Red Sea parted? Didn't Pharaoh enter? But this time, they will not even see where you are going. They will create obstructions. But the obstructions will just... The problem is people are saying, ah, ah, how will it be? Now, if you think that the God who knocks on your, the heart of your door and says, if you hear and you open the door, that's when he will come in. If you think he's going to now put a rope around your neck and begin to force you into his blessings, then something is wrong somewhere with you. Let us look at 21 to 23, Isaiah 65 together. Let us read together. One, two, go. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, 
nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. The time has come. You see, you have tremendous power at your disposal. If a man stands and disturbs you, just kneel down and say, Lord, remove him. Remove him. Everybody say, remove him. Remove. And he will be removed. In fact, many of us are experiencing little, little breakthroughs. Not many, not serious things. But that is just God showing you that there's something going on. There is something going on. God blessed the work of the hands of Joseph. In other words, Joseph used his hands and he walked. Many Christians believe that they will just decide, praise the Lord, hallelujah, the time has come, bless me, bless me. Then they will sit there in church, bless me. Ah, look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 22, verse 29. It says, Tears thou a man diligent in his business. Diligence in what? In business. Everybody say diligence in business. You know, the times we are coming from were times that promoted mediocrity. You know, you go somewhere, you buy one contract, you sell the contract to somebody else, that person buys it and sells. Uh, if you think that's how God is going to bless you, you don't, don't understand what's going on. Diligence, where? In business. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Proverbs 10, 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. The time has come for hard work. We've always said so. The time has come for hard work. Joseph worked hard. As he worked, God breathed upon his work. That's when something happened. He didn't lie on the bed and just remain there and hoped. The days of manna are over. And manna is not abundance. We've said so several times. So you can't wait for manna. But in all of these things, there is a severe warning in the life of Joseph. The Bible tells us that the enemy put Potiphar's wife in place to also ensure that Joseph would not get to his destination. And everyone will come across a Potiphar's wife. Oh, there's no way you're going to escape it. No way at all. She is there. She is waiting for every one of us. But then if you know that Potiphar's wife is there, then suddenly you know what to do. The moment she saw that God was with Joseph, next thing she said to Jesus, says, ah, Joseph, lie with me. She says, Joseph, compromise a little bit. Let's do business as before. What's wrong with you? Ah, are you the only one? Somebody said to me once, he wanted us to do, to do kick back and kick front. Ah, I said, I can't do it. Too. He said, ah, why? I said, ah, you know, I preach in church on Sundays. He said, are you the only pastor? Ah. <laughs> he said, my friend, please, 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 let's be serious. Ah. He said, how many pastors preach on Sundays and we do business together? Please, please, please. Ah. I said, but then if I do it, and I can't, that means I cannot tell the people that this is wrong. He said, oh, he said, getting exasperated and irritated. I said, what's wrong with you? I said, I thought you were a normal man. <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm a Christian. That's the thing. You know, Christians are not normal people. Potiphar's wife will be there. Because integrity will cost you something. Oh, yes, it will cost you something. First Peter 1, 1, verse 7. Please just run there quickly. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Tells us that God, oh, will try our faith. Yes, because many people will live here today and say, ah, 
I'm just going to try this in this pastor he's talking about today. Yes, time has come. Yeah. Then you meet Potiphar's wife. We will just be hearing in church that you and Potiphar's wife have left Potiphar's house and gone somewhere else. That is not the idea. First Peter one seven. Let us First Peter chapter one verse seven. Let's read together. One two go. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There is a price to pay for integrity, and integrity is just being a committed Christian. You cannot say you are. A Christian and be something else. Each person here is destined to win. Everyone here is destined to win. We must just arise because in the end, Joseph got thrown into prison. But that prison was from whence he got to the throne or position of prime minister of Egypt. So that everything the devil tried, every major obstacle, just kept on pushing David, I mean um, Joseph forward. There was no one time that we heard that he was sent to Mombasa and then had to be brought back first into it. No. Each step, it was in prison that he met the butler of Pharaoh. It was in prison that God put the dream in Pharaoh's head that nobody could handle. It was that prison that made that butler because you see, the reason why the butler forgot him. Imagine I was the butler that went and said immediately he was free. Ah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you know, there's this guy, and then Pharaoh says, okay, on your recommendation, what happens there? The butler becomes the father of Joseph. Straight away. Be careful. Don't make the butler of Pharaoh become your father. And that kind of father, who will be telling you all the time, ah, uh, ah you have to go on holiday today. Mm, you know, my child is, um, my wife is, uh, you just become a slave that God didn't plan for. So God sorted everything out himself. What I want us to do today is to spend some time and just pray. Let's first bow our heads down and just ask God that that which we have heard, that she should just ensure that it is firmly planted in our hearts. Very quickly, please. And then if you are here this morning, this God that we are talking about, is not everybody that is concerned with what we are talking about. No way. The Bible says God knows those who are is. Now, if you want to enter into what we are talking about, if you want to really be blessed, you must be a child of God. So if there's somebody here today who wants to say to God, Lord Jesus, make me your child. I think I want to be somebody who can dream dreams. Make me your child. Only the children of God can dream dreams. Only the children of God have the greater than the world in them. Then put up your hand very, very, very quickly. I don't really have too much time. Put up your hand quickly. If you want today to say, Lord, Ah, make me a child. Make me your child. Father, set your people free today. Oh, grant unto them repentance to the acknowledging almighty God of the truth. If you are here today, you just want God to make you his child so that you can partake of these things we are talking about. Even as our heads are bowed and we are talking to the Lord now, just put up your hand and we'll put a card in your hand very, very quickly. If you are here today, you want God to make you a child. You want to partake of all these things we are talking about. You just must be a child of God first. Put up your hand wherever you are. And we'll put a card in your hand. Just put up your hand wherever you are. And we'll put a card in your hand. The rest of us, God bless you. We'll just keep on talking to the Lord very, very quickly. Please put up your hand and take a card. When you take the card, put down your hand and just speak to God and say, Lord, make me your child. Jesus, I know you died for me. I accept the sacrifice on the cross. God bless you. 
I accept that you died for me on the cross. Oh Lord, today I have come before you. Accept me. And if that's all, that's all, that's all, that's all. Just say a short prayer like that and you are a child of God and then you can begin to talk to him. Anybody else wants to come to God today? Want God to make you a child, a child, a son of God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of the living God. Is there anybody here who wants to become a child of the living God? Just put up your hand and just pick up a card. God bless you. Just put up your hand and pick up a card. That's all. As soon as you pick up your card, just say a short prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe you died for me. I believe your blood was shed for me. I have never said this prayer before. I say it now to you. Accept me today. Make me your child. Make me your child. And that's all. That's all. That's all. It's so simple. It can only be God. Anybody else, just put up your hand and pick up a card. That's all we ask you to do today. Just put up your hand and pick up a card. Quickly, 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 quickly. Hallelujah. 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 Let us turn our Bibles quickly to Matthew 15, 13. Very quickly. I'm going to just take these prayer points one one minute each then write them down and then make them the prayer points that you pray for a while for a while until you think god says it's enough because i just have only five minutes more to continue uh, matthew 15 13 one two go every plant which my heavenly father had not planted shall be rooted up now let's just quickly as you are here today since the word of god says plants that have not been planted in you shall be rooted up we are going to pray personally for ourselves and keep praying this prayer for yourself from time to time but use the scripture to pray the prayer this morning just for one minute just ask god that every plant everything that is not being put in you that is in you that you should just take it from the roots and tear it out from you unbelief lack of faith siege mentality illness in the body barrenness let god even now just remove ask that divine healing today be your portion every plant not planted in you in your body in your family in your businesses lord root up in the name of jesus oh lord root up in the name of jesus lord root up in the name of jesus lord root up in the name of jesus Lord, root up in the name of Jesus. Every single plant not planted by you, Lord, root up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, even as your word says, every plant not planted by you in each one of us who is here today, Father, I pray that you will root up in the name of Jesus. Father, from the very roots, pull those things out illness in our bodies barrenness in our bodies almighty god diseases of all thoughts sorts root up in the name of jesus father in our families root up all plants that have not been planted by you lord discord strife root up in the name of jesus father in our businesses ah those of us who are carrying lots lord those plants not planted by you root up root up oh from their very roots pluck them out almighty god father we thank you and bless you in Jesus mighty name then next I just want us to ask God for whatever it is that we require from him we'll use the following scriptures but I'm not going to we are not going to read them please write them down take them home Matthew 7 7 to 11 says you should knock you should ask and it shall be given that you should seek and you will find that you will knock and the door will open it is not 
there for a prayer of one second and then that's the end of the matter it's a continuous place you stay in just keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking and things must shift because that's the time that we live in right now next james 4 2 to 3 tells us the reason why many of us do not have the things we ask for you see when god wants to bless he doesn't want to just bless he has a major work to do in this nation if God wants to turn this great nation into a shining example to the rest of the world, if he wants to make this nation be like what he had ordained initially for Israel to be to the rest of the world, oh, it will take a lot of doing. The reason why he will put finances in your hands is so that he can turn this nation around. It's not so that uh, you can tell people that I have two Rolls Royce, 10 uh, Mercedes Benz, 50 jets. No, 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 no. If you want, if that is what is in your heart, the Bible tells us, in James 2, 4, 2 to 3, that you will not get what you want. And then in 1, James 1, 6 to 8, it tells us that we must believe even as we ask. And God is in the business of answering prayers. I wish I could tell you more about this. So I want us, even now, to just bow our heads today and just ask. Ask for the things that you want. Those of us who are facing exams, ask today for success in our examinations. Those of us who are in business, ask. Just ask. For the things you want ask for breakthroughs those of us who see and dream dreams today ask ask the lord that he should promote you because our promotion comes from the lord oh do not limit what you want to ask for just ask but tell the lord that you will do his bidding oh yes and he will hear you today just lift up your voices unto the lord and ask just lift up your voices today unto the lord and ask Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45, verses 2 and 3. The word of God says that God himself has the keys that open doors and no man can shut. That God has the keys that shut doors and no man can open. And he says he will hold the hand of Cyrus and will put before him the two lived gates. He will open them and no man can shut them. Today I want us to just ask God that he should open doors for us that human beings cannot shut. He should open doors for us that the enemy cannot shut. That today he shall give us the hidden riches of secret places and the treasures of darkness. Let us lift up our voices and just talk to the Lord for one minute, please. hallelujah father we thank you oh lord we bless you precious spirit of the living god even as we live here we ask that you will go home with each one of us that we shall spend time in your presence daily daily bringing these prayer points before you lord we bless you lord we exalt you lord we glorify your name in jesus mighty name we pray